0: what's up welcome to the new the inaugural episode of the stand up and shout rock show i'm kevin birch joined by my buddy i'm jeff sisk welcome to the show we're uh we're actually recording broadcasting from uh a place that we know growing up as Manassasites. knights uh this is the salisbury center studios and uh which used to be the red gang theater pretty surreal to actually be sitting in here doing this show but uh you know, here we go. I hear you, brother. I'm going to start off here with tons of
1: love because uh, I, I'm feeling it's uh, and it's New Year's too, coming off of New Year's Day, so a little bit of a, I guess a step into the new year. I am like honored and privileged to be like Kevin just described us here as Manassasites. Is that the word Manassasites? We'll go with that. <laughs> I, there was the Manass holes. That, that
2: is That is
1: another. One. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to, you know. Deem us down into into that yet but yet. we'll stick with the Manassasites. sites yeah. but kevin has been a lifelong brother to me kevin. oh i sorry i was distracted there i'm new to this i'm a babe in the woods this is my first ever uh podcasting we're streaming experience kevin and i go way back just to introduce ourselves a little bit we knew each other from high school and became friends in high school and one of the things that bonded us i feel of friends is Love music, rock and roll, metal. Um, I think that, you know, with calling this a rock show, we were we debated this with the title of Stand Up and Shout and having it be, you know, what what are we going to call this and what do we deem it? And how do we classify all of the music and topics that we'll talk about? And I think that that's really difficult. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I
0: mean, I think, at least for me initially when I got into music. Really quick, grab the other microphone for me. Sorry. First show technical difficulties already. <laughs> You got it. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. So, uh, you know, when, when I got into music, you know, my older brothers were listening to stuff like ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne. The first album I ever purchased was Ozzy's Blizzard of Oz. Nice. So it was kind of more in the metal realm. And, uh, you know, I think as we grow older, our tastes evolve a little bit. And there, there's, to, to call it just a metal show, I think would be too limiting. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But, but I would still say that it's our first love and for sure it was my first love i have a like i feel like i have a broad palette and broad taste in terms of music and rock and roll specifically i even like a lot of music outside of rock and roll but even with that being said you always have your first love and that's where kevin and i first bonded in high school i I mean i remember going to shows with you Uh, you know we i guess we have to decide how we're going to confess our ages here you know and how much we want (laughs) to reveal you know regarding that (laughs) not necessarily the you know the most flattering thing potentially but uh We'll say that it was, there was a one in the first a digit of the years that we started going to shows. I am wearing a shirt from one of the first shows that, that I, you know, we saw back in the 80s in the day, a band that I love dearly. Um, and that's kind of you know, my roots where I'm from, originally Western Maryland. And I moved into Manassas where I met Kevin, and, and we started running around and doing our thing. So even extending beyond high school, because I'm talking about the high school experience, Kevin and I became college roommates. And then from there, that's a little bit of Kevin's background then too. As I'm filling in your background, because I, I, I'm selling you up. <laughs> you uh, you were then a DJ
0: with WUVT. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we went to Virginia Tech. Uh, got into obviously was able to parlay my love of uh, metal and rock music into a into a DJ show. Started on the uh, college station there, AM. Moved quickly over to the FM side of the house and uh, was a program director, metal music director. Um, you know. I I don't have a musical bone in my body, so I couldn't play guitar, couldn't sing, couldn't, you know, do anything that way. So I was able to uh, cater to my love of music, uh, you know, being on air and talking about bands that I like and new stuff that was out. And, uh, you know, so that's sort of where it was. Yeah. I feel, though, with with that professional background, you look doubly important there with the two microphones
1: like pointing at you. Yeah, like, like I, I, you know, I, I guess that makes me the novice with one, as opposed to the double <laughs> barrel that you're looking down right now, for sure. <laughs> but,
0: but you know, so this is cool. You know, kicking uh, off this show, we're going to talk about a lot of a lot of music, uh, promote some shows that are coming up to the Salisbury Center. Um, but you know, it's a great time, I think, for music. You know, coming out of COVID. Um, you know, a lot of bands got to get back into the studio and and do some recording and stuff, and and the amount of bands that have been on tour since COVID let up ha, has just been awesome. And and we've seen, you know, we go to a ton of shows together, so we got to see a bunch of bands um, even during COVID. You know, I think the one one of the big bands that has tied us together as a group, including, you know, Jeff, our, our friend and co-host or co-owner of the the Salisbury Center, you know. We had a lot of bands that we grew up listening to, and Kicks was that? one of them. Oh, yeah. So you just heard Jeff
1: Salisbury kick in, and so, like, he's wearing a kick shirt, too. He's just not on on the video right now. So we're twinsies. So if you wanted to confuse all of this even further, not only are we both named Jeff,
0: but we both have kick shirts on.
2: Got to support Kicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How can you not? You know?
0: And so I think that was probably the last—well, you've probably seen a couple shows since, but, uh, you know, we got to see them recently, you know. Another a great band that came out of this area that's done a lot and been a lot of places and uh, you know unfortunately we were there when uh, it, I think it turned out okay but what at the time seemed like a potentially really tragic incident occurred at, at that show uh, about a month ago or so.
2: Yeah so uh, the kick show you're talking about right? yeah, yeah, yeah. just to clarify for anybody who's listening
3: yeah yes and, absolutely that was Piedemic, yes.
2: local legend also yes yeah um, and then he'll be on here shortly
0: yeah so we were uh you know there for the first night of a two-night stint out in leesburg and uh right after the uh i think some may have heard about this incident but um you know right after uh jimmy finished up his drum solo they were getting ready to kick into one of the last songs of the set and there was no drums anymore and he happened to have had a cardiac incident and slumped over his drum kit and uh you know, fortunately, there were some folks that were EMT certified, CPR certified that jumped in and and actually, you know, kept him alive until the to the EM, the actual rescue squad could get there. And Kevin, that's your son
1: was one of those people. You, you got to left that little piece out. You got to have been proud there as a papa for the way that uh, your, your son acted that night.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, you know, he's uh, it's great. You know, I have a 25 a year old. I have three kids. My oldest is 25. And uh, Jake is uh, of the three the one who shares a lot of the same musical tastes. So we've introduced him to a lot of the bands that we used to see, and uh, he's gone to a number of shows. But he is uh, wilderness EMT CPR certified, and when that happened, he's like, "I'm a first responder. What should I do?" And I basically said, "Get your fucking ass up on the stage because he's in he's in a bad bad spot." And fortunately, uh, um, you know, the bass player Mark Shanker was already, he's also certified and was, you know, taking care of things as well as one of the, one of the, uh, the, the band techs. And, uh, so he was there and, you know, he was pretty torn up afterwards. I think that was the first time he was ever put into a situation like that. But, uh, fortunately for everybody, you know, Jimmy recovered, he he's in recovery. Sounds like the band is taken a bit of a break and then, uh, going to be hitting the road here in a couple months again. So great things and, and happy to hear that he's going to be okay strategically
1: we were in a spot that night just really kind of react so like jake was in a good spot we just happened to be really kind of down in front stage right towards the entrance of the way that that venue is arranged so where that group walks out you know we just happened to be in the spot where there was easy access so you know it was just the right place in the right time i guess in that way and so it was really kind of obviously like we go to the background of all of the shows we we've talked about that very briefly and that the Experiences that we've had together. And, uh, you know, I talked about Kevin and I because we were just introducing ourselves for the first time with this first show. The two of us and Jeff Salisbury of the Salisbury Center didn't happen to be at his post, but he's back right now. But he's a part of that. It's too. a rock show, dude. I had to do shots with Pete. <laughs> Pete's heavy metal. And then there's Pete. So, Pete like, Abbott. right. So we all go back, like, to the high school days of seeing, like, all of these shows. I can't imagine, like, the, the, the hours, if we added up all of the hours of not even just rock experiences but metal, if we wanted to be specific to metal, like how many hours that are out there between all of us, how many – like thousands of hours You can you imagine that to be? Like it's just outrageous. And and that to me, like again, like I get all like kind of feel good and lovey about that. I can't appreciate this day enough. Like if this podcast and radio show wasn't even happening, it would be cool just to sit in the room as you're bringing up there, Jeff, doing the shots, that kind of thing, and just and, and just We can bring bull. you shots. We can bring you shots, too. <laughs>
2: I know so, tomorrow's a school day, so uh-huh. you may not be ready for that. <laughs> right, right, no doubt.
1: You, you used to be heavy metal, but now it's uh, responsible, guys.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Hey, so, like, can you want to go to a superficial topic related to kicks, like, as I was thinking, and Kevin was talking, because I was thinking about that night and the song that, that – uh, it's just a much more superficial topic because we talked about the serious topic. And, of course, we're going to be thankful to see kicks again because I can't see those guys enough. I I, don't, I can't even begin to count how many times that we have seen kicks. Forget about the minutes and the hours, but the actual, uh, you know, event count would be
0: dozens and dozens. Oh, yeah. I mean, we ha- we were talking about this, and and – I didn't even want to try and venture a guess because we've seen them in big venues, small venues, you know, Shally Acres, mm-hmm. Warner Theater. You know, we they played at Burris Hall at Virginia Tech when we were there, which is wild, mm-hmm. um, you know, and obviously countless shows at at clubs and venues around the D.C. area, Hammer Jackson, places that no longer exist anymore. So mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they're still touring, they're still recording, it's just it's awesome. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got some Hammerjack love coming over from Pete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to look up Pete. Like I'm a babe in the woods with this. This is my first time doing anything like this. So like uh, I just heard the voice and then it's dark and kind of, you know, barrage image through
3: there. If it matters, brother, I have done hundreds of these podcasts from all kinds of people. And you are a pro. For day long. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sound like you've done a million of them. It sounds great in there.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I'll take that. I'll just. I don't know. Somebody told me I had diarrhea of the mouth. So, like, I guess I'll take that as that. That. Compliment. Actually, you're you're kind of quiet and mellow. I can ah. tell you're nervous.
2: It's your first time because. If everybody knows Jeff, it's also known as Aesop. He's got, <laughs> got lots of energy and lots of stories, and you guys are going to be filled in with lots of entertaining stuff uh-huh. all the way from many years back up until today. Jeff tries to keep it alive. And Kevin, what we, we've been friends since what, third grade? Yep.
0: Yeah. So that's, yeah, to bring that up is, uh, yeah, Jeff and I, we first met in third grade. We were on the same soccer team. Nice. You know, long term Manassanites. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know again it's it's really surreal to be sitting in this place that that jeff is one of the co-owners of and that it's an, an entertainment center now and that we're going to have some great acts coming up we're going to talk to pete who's actually got a gig coming up here in a couple of weeks
2: yep, january so, 14th yep so yes. that's
0: yeah we'll get to hear about that and looking forward to that show and uh you know just kind of talking music and promoting what's going on in manassas because a lot of things have been happening
1: absolutely but I'm going to get back to my superficial kicks question, because this always comes out to me when I'm in the audience and like in all of us in the audience. We've talked about this and I don't think that there is an answer to this question, but it's about kicks closing song. So, you know, traditionally, like way back in our day, it was always in the good know, old days. Yeah, it was always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they always shut down with yeah, yeah, yeah. But in recent it's not
2: years now, nowadays, though,
1: uh, you think that's the
3: reason?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Pete, do you have any insight on that? that you can divulge
3: what i would say is i've known steve for a long time is this politically correct show or can i say whatever i want yeah go with it whiteman doesn't give a fuck he does whatever he wants to do for his own reasons he is the epitome of rock and roll he's the real fucking thing so i don't think that it's because of me too reasons or anything like that i just think That, that he's been doing this as long as all of us have been alive and is whatever reason he has for it is his own. But I don't think Steve's the epitome of rock and roll. He is equal to Dee Snyder or Kevin DeBro back in the day or, or any of those guys that did whatever, or David Lee Roth. He does whatever he wants to do at all costs, whether it hurts or helps him. So I, I don't think there's motive. I think it's just some personal reason.
0: really quick let's go to break
1: and then we're gonna get epic on what do you think yeah I think it's
2: great transition love it that was great input and I'm glad to hear that he's still rock and roll because I was afraid that it was me too and I thought for a long time because I hadn't heard it that oh maybe it's me too but that's good to hear thanks for the input and I guess we'll go to break and come back to Pete after this it's wild style radio
0: welcome back to the stand up and shout rock show As we mentioned going into break, we're now joined in studio by Pete Evick, guitarist, vocalist of Evick, who will be performing here at the Salisbury Center on January the 14th, so excited to have you in with us.
3: By the way, in the last 20 years, there's not many people that don't go Brett Michael's a guitar player. So thank you for calling me <laughs> something else other than that. Thank you. Not that I'm not honored and grateful.
1: Pete, but... I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt and like throw it back this. I, I, th- I still think of you as an amethyst. Amethyst. That's yeah. Right. Uh, how did go right. down? Yeah. I yeah.
3: do too. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I talk to Tom and Ray and all those guys still every day. And, then. uh, that that's where I started and that's where it was. It, it was still an incredible part of my history, man.
1: You were the first person I ever saw, like in live, not not on TV, with a wireless guitar.
3: It's funny you say that. Yeah. I remember. I mean, those things were so expensive. Yeah. And uh, I went down to Music City, and if you remember, I I worked there later in life, uh-huh. and uh, I had a I had a special bond with those guys that a lot of other people locally didn't have, and I begged them. I said, man, just let me. Borrow. I mean, those things were like two thousand dollars back in the day, and yeah. we were kids. I said, "Please let me have that wireless. Let me just borrow it for one night," and the the hour long beating, verbal beating I had to take about taking care of it and all that, yeah. you know. But they let me use it. Yeah, it, yeah. It and
1: fun. you, we we were at a talent show. And I remember you, like in that talent show, were able to take off of the stage and then run up and down the aisles. You were the only person in that talent show that was able to do that.
3: I watched that video. Actually, my bass player in the time, Justin Raybuck, has that video. Wow! And uh, such a clown act. Like, like I got to be honest with you. And God rest his soul, uh, um, the uh, who who was he just passed away, the uh, singer that replaced Sebastian Sebastian Bach or, or in Skid Row. Um, Johnny Solinger, and uh, I remember seeing Solinger uh, at Jiffy Lube live opening for poison, maybe, maybe 20 years ago. And he went and ran through the audience <laughs> and it seems so stupid to me. <laughs> and I remember having a flashback going, ah. I did that at my high school talent show and did everybody think I was a clown that day, but it's funny. The technology was cool back then.
1: Right. Right. I was going to say, I was in that high school talent show. I was like, we were all jealous. That was, that was the move.
3: Right. Right. I appreciate that you remember. I remember every minute of that. Uh It's funny when I talk to people, sometimes uh, they get amazed at how much of those memories still reside in me because in in all honesty, I've gotten to do some really, amazing things. Yeah. And, but I still remember every moment of all, I remember you playing. Yeah. I remember all of it, you yeah. know, and, and it still holds value in my heart. Yeah. I'm never going to forget those days. I'm never going to forget the friendship, but yet the, the friendly competition, uh, the, the unity, but yet all of us hoping we were better than each other. I, I remember all of it, but it was, it was all community and we were all, we didn't need to be in Los Angeles. We had our own little scene and, and it was as important as anything to us yeah. and, and it meant everything. And, and it was cool. I don't, I don't, I don't forget any moment of any of those things, man. Yeah.
1: That's I obviously all of, like I said, that's the, the specialness of this day. We were talking about that in the very, very beginning. Like all four of us yeah. have a bite of this dream, right? You right. know, that, that we did back then. And of course, like it's, I feel it's been amazing to watch you over the years, right? you know, really excel and grow into that. And then uh, sure. congratulations to you
3: for that. Well, I appreciate that. But you know, the truth of the matter of that is that it, I, I have this conversation a lot, you know, uh, there's, you know, even in our small town, every one of you guys were more talented than me. Uh, y- you all sang better. Everyone played better than me, but Ferguson played better than me to this day. Uh, but the difference was. For me is my mother actually said, if this is what you want to do for a living, put yourself in a position where it's the only thing you can do, where most parents said, get a fallback. So here I am 50 years old right now. And if this was all over, I'd be in a lot of fucking trouble Mm -hmm. because I don't know how to do a fucking thing (laughs) other than play the guitar and sing. Right. So that's what. It's never been my talent, my image. Everybody, you're a hundred times better looking than me, and everybody's a better player than me. It it was it was survival. Yeah. But survival has managed to take me places that most people dream of being. You know, I fucking played Super Bowl party at the Playboy Playboy Mansion. Who gets to do that? Right, right. I got to play in Saddam Hussein's palace. Yeah. Right. You know, I I played Fourth of July. Under the arch in St. Louis for one hundred and twenty five thousand people. So so God bless my mother for being the only woman in the world to say, don't have a fallback, (laughs) you know, but but I never once thought it was about the talent. Uh, It was just sheer drive and fear. I'm going
1: to disagree with you about the talent.
2: You're a
1: great player. So like
2: back up on that. Yeah. I think Pete's biggest <laughs> thing is he's got motivation like nobody else. Motivation,
3: correct. Yeah. But you tell me I'm a great player. Yeah. And forgive me for what I'm about to say, but you understand that now in the world I live in, Cece Deville's my friend. Yeah. 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 Right? Right. Right. Uh uh Vic Johnson from Simeon Hagar's band is my friend. And uh All these guys, the guys from Warrant and the guys from Kicks. So maybe I was a great talent in high school, but my friends now are the legends I worshipped. Yeah. So it's hard for me to think that I'm any good when I'm, you know, I'm out there making a living feeding my kids, playing those poison songs, but Cece wrote those things. Yeah. yeah. You you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, so I appreciate that you think I'm a great talent, but the talent is not writing those songs. Right, Right. I didn't write talk dirty to me right you know none of us wrote blow my fuse right or don't close my eyes since kicks is a theme here (laughs) (laughs) i think it's gonna be a big thing for the show yeah yeah yeah. yeah. (laughs) you know it's funny if you don't mind me saying uh i was on that that uh monsters of rock cruise a couple years ago performing me and uh eric brittingham from cinderella have an acoustic act that we do and uh in the set I do this storytelling thing where I play songs from different bands and I tell stories about, um, each band and what they meant to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, have you been on the cruise?
1: I have not. Have you been? Have my, you I, am dying I have not. As one of the things that's on my bucket list. Why,
3: why have you not done that? I yet? know. I don't know. I, Seriously. I have know. you not
1: been on it, Jeff? I haven't. Uh, man. I know
3: it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, most bands play two or three gigs on, And, uh, we were a morning act because it's 24 hour talent basically. So we got up and we had to do the breakfast by the pool at 8am gig and we're playing and I'm telling these stories and all of a sudden behind my ear, I hear, do you have a kick story? (laughs) And I look and it's Jimmy. Jimmy's literally walked up behind me, standing on the stage and he's talking. And I said, yeah, I have a kicks fucking story. I said, here's my fucking story about kicks. If you came from Baltimore or Maryland or Virginia or Baltimore or Maryland is the same place, sorry. But if you came from Maryland or West Virginia or Virginia – you couldn't play unless you you were held to the ranks of kicks. You were either as good as kicks or you fucking sucked. Yeah. And I said, so yeah, I have a kick story. You guys are the vein of my existence. <laughs> you you know, you made me as good as I am because I strive to be as good as kicks. But you also reminded me every day that no one is as good as kicks. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I joined Brett's band, the first fucking thing he said to me was, "Can you guys do the things that kicks do?" Uh, because wow. Brett, Brett was from Mechanicsburg, <laughs> wow. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. You know. Me and Brett sometimes Brett comes to my house and we'll drive up to what was his father's house. His father passed away, uh, but uh, we'll drive up there. Brett's parents' house is only seventy nine miles from my house. That's what that, he grew up that close to us, right? Wow! And so when Brett was coming up in Paris, that became poison. They would go see Kicks. Sure. So he was in. You know, Kicks is Brett and Ricky's favorite fucking band. Huh. Like they're as influenced by Kicks as we are. Yeah. Wow! You know. And and so that whole harmonica thing and everything that yes. Brett does, it, you know, it it it's because of Kicks. Wow, it, that reach is so giant. Sure, you know, Poison went on to be, you know, let's be honest with you, they're in the top five of the entire generation, but the influence was Kicks. Sure, wow, you know, you, you get where I'm going. Yeah absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so kudos to Kicks, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and still like uh, to me like putting they still put together. A, an amazing live performance.
3: It blows my mind. Yeah. It's,
1: uh, like the, not even necessarily, of course, the sound is the most important thing in the songs, but then the movement. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how they yeah. approach the stage.
3: I mean, Steve's approaching 70. Yeah. I mean, so is Hagar. Hagar is almost yeah. 80. Yeah. yeah. But it's rare, yeah. right? Right. And when you watch Steve to this day, it, maybe you guys can tell me, when I watch him, it's the same guy I watched when I was Absolutely. 15. Yep. Absolutely. Like yeah. nothing different. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's
2: unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He's amazing.
3: Yeah. yeah. I remember with Steve um, when he started Funny Money. And if you guys remember, I own that recording studio here in the city yeah. of Manassas called Clear Sound. Only, uh-huh. yep. I recorded their first song ever, mm-hmm. Funny Money song. Mm-hmm. And I'd never recorded anything that pro before. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he it was a cover of a Cheap Trick song that was going on a Cheap Trick compilation. And I was so excited. I was going to produce Steve White. Or engineer, because I think Billy Andrews, their guitar player, was the producer. But I was going to engineer it. So I did everything. I set everything up. I got on the mics. I did it. And Steve did his vocal take for this song. And I remember just trying to be pro. I hit the talk back. And I said, Steve, that was great. Do you want to come in and listen? And he goes, no, I got it. <laughs> I went. What are you that pro that you don't even? Upload? He goes. Now just double it. Just send me another check and let me double it. I got it. And I remember at that moment. Go, I remember at that moment going. That's why I haven't made it yet. He's amazing. <laughs> for sure. he, he he's something. It was a whole different level than anything any of us had ever known. Wow. You know wow. what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know, kicks. That's all I can say. Kicks. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that is all. I yeah. you know yeah.
1: That's good
2: stuff. Yeah, buddy. It's crazy how two big bands from D.C. influence a lot of people, and a lot of people don't know about them. Kicks and Fugazi. Fugazi, right. yeah, buddy. Huh?
3: Yeah. I yeah. run into a lot of people that – that punk scene and Bad Brains. Don't yeah, forget the, Bad yeah, Brains. Of course. Yeah.
2: Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Eddie Vedder says that Fugazi was his biggest influence. Right, yeah. right. It's and funny how – Of course, that works. Dave Grohl coming from the D.C. punk scene yeah. also. Right.
3: Yeah. You know, I have a great great, a great Dave Grohl story. Yeah. Right. So uh, the first time the Foo Fighters ever played – um, uh, HF Festival Yes um, I was My band Some Odd Reason At the time Was playing uh, A place called Bad Habits In Arlington Yep And he <laughs> came in After his show I guess it was a place Maybe he used to Come to Or whatever And I remember a
2: scream He went What's that? Probably a scream They played Yeah
3: And I remember Seeing him come in And Going to the back And I would watch him from the stage i was the guitar player in this band not the singer and uh at the end of the, I, I thought maybe that's him but i wasn't sure but i thought maybe it was him and then at the end of the night we closed with rock and roll night and all of a sudden this waitress brings a napkin up that says great kiss rendition dave girl
1: awesome you still have it
3: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah yeah. Then, uh-huh, yeah yeah yeah. we still have it in our pile of stuff but <laughs> uh-huh. uh we never talked to him never said anything uh-huh. but but it, it sticks in my head all the time. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who knew, though? Who yeah. knew that? Oh, yeah. Who knew that Grohl, the drummer of Nirvana, would become that generation's Robert Plant? Sure. He is. Yeah, sure. Is. So much like I say about the 80s, I thought that, you know, all of us growing up thought that Brett or thought that David Lee Roth would be
1: oh, Yeah, our Elvis, mm-hmm. our right. Robert Plant. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's clearly
3: not the case. Right. It's, right. It, whether you guys agree with me or not, it's Brett. Yeah. I mean, it's Brett. He is, He stayed in shape. Yeah. His voice sounds perfect. Yep. I mean, every headline from that stadium tour every night was uh-huh. Brett wiped everybody's ass.
1: You know, like, like in, in bringing up Brett, like uh, I'm shifting gears a little yeah. bit, you know, because I'm going back to, you know, the Sinestral. I, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sinistral,
2: the brewery in Manassas. Oh yeah. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> let let me let me let me finish my <laughs>
3: let me finish my statement real quick. So, in our generation, as a kid, I thought it was going to be Roth, right? But it turned out to be Brett. There's no question, it's Brett. I know a lot. Of, maybe some people think it might be Vince, but Vince is, and Vince is my friend. He's my friend, but it's Brett. Brett and the stadium to approve that. But moving into the grunge genre. No one had a even inkling that it would be Grohl. They right. thought it would oh, be no. they Grohl thought, for thirty
2: years he's influenced. So they, they thought, thought it right. would be Vetter.
3: Right. Or or even um um uh um uh, Chris Cornell. Mm-hmm. But Dave Grohl's going down in history, buddy. He's in the history books. Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, Virginia boy. Yeah. (laughs) Give it up. Yeah. And I'm
1: waiting to see what comes up with this new generation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah.
3: If it's not his son playing drums, who's it going to be?
1: Right, sure.
3: Because we saw it, we saw it. The kid can do it. all oh, right it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you uh-huh. know. Right. What were we going to say about Brett and Sinestro? Well,
1: well, I was, I was just giving like a, a little bit of homage because you've done that with Kicks. You know, mm-hmm. with, with, like listening to you talk right now, you yeah. just did that with Kicks and and their impact here, not only in Northern Virginia Reader, but wider. And then, of course, you brought up
3: Brett. Right.
1: But to me, like, if you know, being from Prince, but with Brett being Pennsylvania, I think his if he has a second home, it's here in Manassas. You know, probably because I don't know if it's because of you know. Your work with him over all of the years, but, like, to me, the love that poured out that night.
3: That was crazy. Right? Yeah,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah, I just, you know.
3: It's funny. Me and him were talking about this just yesterday. As a matter of fact, uh, uh he, he has a lot of things on his plate uh, about um, buying some property and doing some different things. And he always references back to, again, I've been his guitar player for 20 years now. Yeah, It's 20 years. Wow. And um can you believe that much time has gone by? Yeah. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. And uh, um, he always refers, and it gives me chills when I talk about it, about my friends. Yeah. And he's like, anytime I'm in Manassas, it just, the the unity you guys have and the bonds and the friendship, he he sees it. He brings it up. He talks about uh, how that, that's so unique and how special all of us are. He recognizes that. Sure. And we're talking about a guy that owned a bar with Pamela Anderson. You know what I'm talking about? Right. What is this guy not done? Right. You know, and he without, you know, that night at Sinistral, to be honest with you guys, he, um, we were driving home from Florida. Uh, and we were coming to my place to work on our new single that comes out in January, the new Brett Michael single. Uh And, um, I told him, I said, we can go back to my place and work on the music, but I have this gig. It's Sinistral. I've got to do this night. And, he, and he, he goes, all right, well, I'll just stay at your place until, which is always, you know, again, the guy's turned into my best friend. <laughs> sure. He's my best friend. But sometimes when I go into my guest room to wake him up, I'm like, I'm waking up Brett Michaels. And 16-year-old me freaks out. Yeah. You, you go, no. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but he was like, I'll just stay at your house while you do the gig. And we were driving up 95, and he goes, well, maybe I'll just come to the gig. And then he goes, well, if I'm going to come... Make a post, let people know I might come. And then it turned into, you know, tell everyone to tell everyone. Yeah. And then yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And it be, it organically became the same. But at the end of the day, I had this, um, he was just going to come watch. Yeah. He was going to hang out and he was going to sing mama don't dance. That was the only thing he was going to do. Yeah. And we worked it all out and he came in the back door and he was supposed to go sit off to the left and just, just hang out. And, um, he felt so welcomed by the community, by Blaine and everybody, that uh that he he I mean we were supposed to quit at eleven o'clock that night and I don't think we any of us left till twelve thirty. Sure. And and he stayed up on that stage with me and yeah. sang songs he's never sang in his life and, yeah. and partying and he had he had a great time. The flip side of that is he got hammered and the next morning we were shooting <laughs> the video to the new song and um and you can see it. <laughs> When the video comes out in February, you'll see the, the <laughs> hangover on his face. Just say it added color. And, <laughs> no, it's, a great, it's a great, video. I don't mean to keep talking, brother. I'm no, so sorry. No, no,
1: no. Because that's that side. I, I love hearing your side. I was on the opposite side. I was on, you know, the, the brief, you know, flurry of social media yeah, that, yeah. that all the, that really kind of quasi announced, you know, yeah. his arrival out there. Right. And of course, that was exciting. You know, yeah, that night cool. to see all of that fly around. That was, you know, on that end of it. Yeah, so it's always great to hear the the you know the opposite end of
3: that. Yeah, but the cool part about it was that he enjoyed it. Sure, you know it wasn't just a celebrity appearance and him trying to make headlines. Absolutely, he was coming to support his buddy and just hang out. And he ended up having such a good time that it it, it organically made national news. I don't know if you saw. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it made it all over absolutely. Everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the flip side of that is his fucking phone is ringing off the hook still. About, oh, you went to see Pete play. Why don't you come to see my gig? Like, like it, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not stopping. So in,
0: in talking about Brett and obviously the Party Gras tour is <sighs> kicking off this summer. So let's talk
3: a little bit about that and what to expect. <laughs> the Party Gras, right? So this has been Brett's idea for 10 years. Uh, and it's still not exactly his vision because we're partnered with Live Nation to do this. And we're doing. Um, this is the first time as the Brent Michaels band that we're headlining the sheds. And the sheds, if you don't know, the sheds is a term for Jiffy Lube style amphitheaters. Those mm-hmm. those, those are called the sheds. Sure. And uh, we're doing. We're starting with twelve of them. Uh, unfortunately, Jiffy Lube's not one of them. But uh, we're we're doing Charlotte, uh, Detroit. Uh, we're doing twelve of them to start with. Um, Closest ones are Charlotte and uh Camden, which is Philadelphia, which is really only a 90 minute drive. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brett has always had this vision of a non stop concert where there's one band that plays for basically a house band that plays for three and a half hours, and that the singers come and go in the middle of it mm-hmm. so that it's non stop but it's also all hits. So, and this is a difference, but and, and Brett likes to only play hits. He thinks that the fans fans play that pay that money to hear the hits. Mm-hmm. So where John Bon Jovi will often play some obscure songs, mm-hmm. and fans like that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If John, for one reason, one night doesn't play Runaway, there's a bunch of bad press. Why didn't John play Runaway? Yeah, I played all this money, and Brett feels the opposite. It all costs play the hits. So he said this idea of three and a half hours worth of nonstop hit music Mm -hmm. and we're we're meeting in the middle here because we're going to do two hours and in the middle of our set uh he's he's both of these guys are incredible friends of mine like true friends of mine and brett's is a mark mcgrath from sugar ray Mm -hmm. who's gonna we're gonna play like three songs and then he's gonna come out brett's just gonna hand him the mic and we're gonna do three or four sugar ray songs And then Brett's gonna come back out, we're gonna play three more of our songs. And then Steve Ajari, former singer of Journey, is gonna come out and play three or four Journey songs. And then we're gonna come back out and play some more songs. And then every night in every town, there's going to be a surprise guest that is famous from that town, Uh, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. uh, So, like if we're in Atlanta, it's probably gonna be Zach Brown, you know? If we're in Detroit, it may be Kid Rock. It yeah. may be Bob Seger. But the idea is nonstop hit music. Excellent. Right? But we had to meet in the middle with Live Nation. Live Nation, Live Nation wanted opening acts. Uh-huh. So we have, uh, we have Jefferson Starship, which sounds weird at first, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But when, when Brett was talking about he wants the entire thing to feel good, always feel good. Always lighthearted, always party, and when you think about, uh, you know, you know. Built the city. Yeah, you got you built the city, Sarah, and then you have uh, songs like "Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now." You know, th- to be completely honest with you, without making sound making Brett sound like a dictator, he's picked the set list for these bands, sure, because it has to represent right. party grow. Because right. because br- Brett's I- idea of party gras is that this becomes an event where he doesn't even have to come to it very much like Lollapalooza sure, with, sure. with Perry Farrell, right. Where maybe next year he's not even there, but it's party girl by Brett Michaels. Right. And so, in the night Ranger set, I mean, night Ranger.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Love or, him. Yeah. It, another one, another act. That's just, it hit.
3: never stops. Yeah. Yeah. We Night Ranger opens up for us so much and I stand there and watch it. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that song. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that song. Yep. And it's it's an hour of hit after hit yep. after hit. And and that was Brett's goal is this party girl is from the minute you sit down to the minute you leave, you knew every song. You loved every song. And every song was a memory of your childhood. Yeah. Yep. And, that, and that's what it's about.
0: Well, and that's why they were so great on the stadium tour because their set was all their hits. Just smashed. They, just, they mm-hmm. killed it. Right. Whereas I know we've talked about it, you know, huge Def Leppard fans, huge but, Def Leppard fan. But the set list was not great. They and opened
3: up the night I, I saw them here. Uh, where was that at in DC? I went and saw it. Nats Park. And uh, yeah. if I remember correctly, they opened up with three or four brand new songs. Yes. And the songs great. I like that that record. Yes. But this whole tour was supposed to be about nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. So there are parents bringing their kids to see what they grew up on. Yes. And those kids barely know pour some sugar on me. Right. And all of a sudden they're hearing 20 minutes of stuff they've never heard of. Yeah. It was a strange move for Def Leppard. Yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. I Honestly. agree. Yeah.
2: It even made yeah. sports talk radio. Everybody's talking about how bad the Def Leppard set was.
3: Yeah. Right. But nothing, nothing. I mean, Def Leppard would still give kudos because they're legends and they're pros and they sounded good. They, there was, there were. In a lot of ways, and again, because I work for Brett and I'm full time part of the machine, I watched the press every day from day one to day end across the country, and Def Leppard got ignored a lot because they because of a how great Poison was not say that, and b how bad fucking Motley Crue was yeah, yeah. so a lot yeah, of times I heard that too <laughs> you know so a lot of times Def Leppard just being great because they are great. They're, uh-huh. they're great, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they sound great, and mm-hmm. they play great, and they're wonderful guys. But they essentially got ignored by the press because, mm-hmm. I mean, did you see the Motley Crue reviews?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. They got killed. To me, also, just getting back to Poison and being like – because Kevin's talking about our experience kind of being down there. We were down in the pit of it, and uh, Poison just lit it up. I mean, it was it was a tough act to follow. It was. It, and I mean, they really lit that, that – they're set up. It was like – it was a party. It was – it was a poison party.
3: Well, you know, you know the interesting thing, and I, I'm not trying to make this all about about Brett, mm-hmm. but again, in our solo band, in our solo band, we're unique because Poison plays thirty dates every two or three years, and they're handpicked dates in sheds or arenas. Very consistent, we're going to see Poison. Mm-hmm. However, Brett Michaels, you may say us here at the Salisbury Center, and you may see us at Nats Park. We right. play a gamut of different things. Sure. You know, like I said, the biggest gig I've ever played in my life, 125,000 people underneath the arch on the 4th of July uh, in, in, uh, in St. Louis. Uh, it was us and Toby Keith. I mean, 125,000 people, yeah. right? Yeah. But again, you may see us here at the Salisbury Center. Yeah. And that's because Brett, like Springsteen, just loves to play. Yeah. He just loves to fucking play. Yeah, yeah, and my point to that is, um, actually, I may have forgotten my point. Where was I? <laughs> well, you were talking oh, about Motley my, before my, that. No, my point to that was when you talked about the poison owning the show. Mm-hmm. So, Brett has a private plane. Mm-hmm. He has multiple houses. Me and him last week were in Malibu looking at another house he was going to buy for six million dollars mm-hmm. in Malibu. Uh, he doesn't. I can't express to you because he's a diabetic. He had to watch his health and he didn't put all that money up his nose like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So the amount of fucking money the guy has is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, he, yeah. he owns that plane. He doesn't lease it. He owns the fucking sure. plane. But he gets up every night and acts like he's poor. Right. And he takes on that crowd like he doesn't already own them. He, he, it blows my mind. The, it's not, a lack of confidence but it's a remember where you come from it doesn't matter if we're playing in front of 500 people or a hundred thousand people he treats it the same and he'll say to me sometimes when we're writing a new song or something he'll say something like he goes uh, man we got to make this great so we can make it I said what are you fucking talking about you're a legend you fucking made it but he I swear on my fucking balls he's the same guy that was poor living in the warehouse in LA trying to make right, it. Right. And he treats every day like that. Right. Right. Every night when he went on that stadium tour, he didn't go out thinking I'm the greatest guy in the world. He went out and goes, there's 80,000 people out there. They all hate me. And I have 30 minutes to make them love." Mm-hmm. And that's how he treats every fucking day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an inspiration like you've never seen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you, because you, you talked up Brett on that stadium tour. I'm sticking in the stadium tours. I'm sorry if I'm deviating yeah. over here, Kevin. No, no. Another one who I thought really lit up really well was CeCe. Oh, he owned it. He owned it. He did. It. He played fantastic. Yeah. It's that funny.
3: That, you know, I wasn't going to go to any of the shows. Mm. The true story. Mm. I, I wasn't going to go to any of the shows uh, only because of my, in the last five years I've created, I've developed this incredible social anxiety. Mm. Like, you do. Oh, it's incredible. Like, like I can't, (coughs) I even freak out at a drive-thru ordering food. Wow. Because all I'm thinking is I said something stupid and this guy thinks I'm an idiot. That's my life all day long. Right. And so crowds and people freak me out. It's, it's, it's strange. So I wasn't going to go to the stadium tour and literally at 1030 in the morning and Brett's at my fucking door here in Manassas. Are you really not going? I said, oh man, Brett, I don't want to go to DC. So I got in his bus and we went, he's like, just come on, let's go. We'll go to the back. blah blah blah. I, I made every excuse. I was like, I don't want to park. I don't want to this. I don't want to that. Ah, uh, uh, come on. Let's just go.
2: I've heard these excuses before. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's true.
3: <laughs> and, uh, why am I telling you this? I just dropped my subject again.
1: Uh, CC. We're oh, oh. going back to CC. Oh yeah. yeah.
3: So, so, uh, the tour had happened for a couple of weeks before he got to DC, mm-hmm. so all the word was out about the Van Halen thing that mm-hmm. Cece mm-hmm. was doing, mm-hmm. and Cece's been nothing but great to me my whole life. Mm-hmm. My whole life, he's he he. Uh, there's no there's no I'm in the other band with him. There's no I'm the other woman, so to speak. Right. You know. Right. Right. And uh and he knows my love for Van Halen uh-huh. and his love for Van Halen. Even though maybe it's not ever been made in the press, he. Lives and breathes, Edward more than anyone. Sure. And uh and Cece came up to me behind the stage. He grabbed my shoulders and he goes, If you know Cece's voice, he says, Is it good? <laughs> I said, What are you talking about? I know you know. <laughs> You've been watching the videos. Am I doing it okay? <laughs> I said, Are you asking me? He goes, You're as big a Van halen fan as I am. I know you'll tell me the truth. Is it good? <laughs> said it's great Cece. he goes am i playing it okay i said "Cece, you're playing it fucking great you're making headlines every night every night someone's talking about your van halen tribute yeah you're you're playing it great all right all right it's good though you like it right (laughs) i said i said i love it buddy i love you i love it and but my point to that is much like brett he wasn't arrogant about it he was going out there yeah to you you know what i'm saying absolutely He, he 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 wanted to impress the people, but not impress them. Like, oh, look at me! He that was a lot of money those people spent on those tickets. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I remember both Brett and Cece wanted to make it worth that money. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure the Motley Crue guys cared about that. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh-huh. I, Vince is my friend, and he does everything he can. But, but Tommy act like a douche that whole fucking tour. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Not, I mean, literally not not Surprise. playing right. first couple of weeks. Right. You know, I it's a. You know, and, and the fans saw it. There was no tracks. There was no sequencing. There was no sampling. Right. Joan Jett and Poison played real live music yes. to those crowds yes. in the daylight. Yes. No pyro. Yes. No, none of that. Yes. And it was so real that it struck a nerve with all of us, uh-huh. every one of
1: us. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, let's shift gears a little bit. You know, coming up, your band, Evic, is going to be here at the Salisbury Center. January right there. 13th. Right down there. <laughs> right down there. Yeah. Yeah. The New Year's after New Year's party. Right. So, talk. second time you will have done this here. I think it's the 13th time you've done this event.
3: 13th annual. Should be 14th, but COVID. Mm-hmm. And second year here. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to take away from – I used to do it at hard times over on the other side of town. And that was our home. Randy's my buddy, and it was great. Um, then we started to do it at the mall. What was that place called? Uptown alley? Yes, uptown mall. alley yes, yeah and uh, and <clears throat> as as um grateful as I try to be, I freaked out. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the story, but the first year we did it at Uptown Alley, I got hammered drunk, and I could not deal with the fact that I was playing on a stage at the headcocks. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It made me crazy. Like the whole night I was playing, I kept looking and going, oh, that's right. There's where I used to buy concert tickets. Right. And, and I got real drunk. And at the end of the night, I went down to the bowling alley after the show and I grabbed the bowling ball and I rolled it all the way down the mall. (laughs) 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 And, And, and I had a great time. We had a sold out show. It was packed. People come from all over. It was great. But my brain, it, it, it messed me up. Yeah. I was like, I've yeah. done all these things. Yeah. And now I'm playing at the mall. Yeah. Right there is where my mom used to buy me my school clothes. Right. And it was. It was yeah. yeah. And they had a sound, <laughs> a, a sound ordinance and sound ordinance. You hear me, Scotty? Bad topic. And and Bunchy subject. <laughs> it didn't let me feel. I didn't feel very rock and roll. Yeah. But there was nowhere else to do it at that time. Hard yeah. time and close. And then the next year I did it there again yeah. uh and i i kept my cool and i didn't but they don't want you to drink on stage i did my the whole existence of evic is the party uh-huh and and they had so many rules yeah ah. yeah and then so then i went and did it where at uh the next year after that i did it at eclipse mm-hmm. which eclipse is great it was a neat little stage and and it felt good and it was super packed in there but um Wasn't a wasn't a pro venue like Mm. there's no dressing room. Right. And and there's only one door in that place. Right. So when you walk in the place, you're walking through every single body to get to that stage. And I'm fine with that. I mean, literally, I've spent the entire summer doing these acoustic gigs, you know, but. It wasn't. Wasn't perfect. Right. And then Jeff Jeff opens this fucking place. Yeah, yeah. Look at the TV. There you are. There That's it funny. is. There it is right there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and uh, and uh, what what can you say about this place? It's it's we've needed this for a long fucking time.
1: I I sell up this place as the best local venue that that I go to. And we go to a lot. Right. I love this as a concert goer primarily. Right. right. You know I I just love stepping into this
3: venue. I I, I told Jeff. The reason I'm hammered here talking to you guys uh-huh. is because at noon I met the, uh, I had lunch with Patrick Small, who is the developer of, oh, econ- he's the economic development guy. Uh-huh. And I spent the entire lunch telling him that the city has to get sink their teeth into this yeah. because it's special. It is. It is special. Yeah. And, so, oh,
2: sucks guys.
3: <laughs> all because of your brother Chris. Of course. And you know I, I, I oh, got to give,
1: I'll give God. It for sure. i gotta give Evic a little bit of the props because I I feel like the floor is expanded because it was packed last year when you guys played. at it. the
3: annual show. We had a yeah, good night. Yeah, it was packed. Had a good night. And yeah. now he opens up the floor and now I have to draw twice as many. Yeah.
0: that <laughs> a purpose? You better get to work. Well, that's great. This is why we're doing
3: right. things like this, yeah. right? Yeah. You know. So 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 Jeff brings me into this place, man. And the and it's not built yet. If you remember, the Hell first time yeah. you showed it to me, yeah. but you just see He what was it, less than impressed. <laughs> but but you could see what it could be. Yeah. And look at it now, man. Yeah, look at yeah. that window. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a concert hall. Yeah. It's, we we have a concert hall in yeah.
1: Manassas. Absolutely.
3: Like Kicks can play here. Absolutely. Brett Michaels can play here. Yeah. Warren can play here. Firehouse can yeah. play here. Sugar Ray can play here. The Goo Goo Dolls could play here. Mm-hmm. I could name a million bands that 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 I work with all the time. Every one of them could play here. Now. Sure, you know. Yep. yep. And uh, and so kudos to Jeff, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so so we're gonna do our 13th annual gig here on January 14th. And this year, <laughs> this year uh, I took a chance because of your venue, Jeff. Thank you. I want you to know because of your venue. Every year that I've done my annual gig people from all over the country asked me to open. Here. Mm-hmm. I get friends from all my bands all over the country asked to open, but I've never wanted to bring them to, again, I love hard times. I loved it, mm-hmm. but it's not the place you bring an opening traveling. Band, right. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I have this friend, close friend. His name is Danny Stanton. He's uh, Twisted Sisters manager. He manages uh, Bonnie Tyler, mm-hmm. turn around, now and then, right? And uh, and and um, he manages all these bands, and he manages this band called Adam and the Metal Hawks, and Adam was on American Idol, and he got way up, he almost won, mm-hmm. and he's an internet sensation if you look him up. Sure, millions and millions of views. Uh, he did a thing with Jack Black, mm-hmm. and it's on the internet. He's done all things with D. Snyder. He And when he sings, he'll make you cry. it will make you fucking cry, Mm. buddy. Mm -hmm. And Danny asked me uh, if Adam could play with us this year. And I said yes. And the reason I said yes was because of this venue. Right. If it was any of those other venues, the answer would have been no. Right. Because Adam sees me as a rock star. Mm -hmm. He sees me as a guitar player. So I don't want to bring him to a bar. You know what I'm saying? Of course. And so, so I'm bringing to Manassas this year this fucking dude from American Idol. Yeah. Right. Excellent. And I would not have done that if it wasn't for what Jeff has done here at the Salisbury Center. All right.
2: Fantastic. And my partners.
3: Right. (laughs) Yeah. And and then, and then the big news we were talking about, well, first of all, the thing about the Evit gig, 13th annual, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, we have a lot of locals that walk up and buy the tickets, but the pre-sale tickets are from what has become this phenomenon. I do this once a year and they're out of town guests. So I have people come from Canada. Mexico, California, Texas, all over the United States. And I think, Jeff, if I'm right, we're somewhere in 150 pre-sale tickets.
2: We've passed that now.
3: All those tickets are out-of-towners. Excellent. And that's what's special about this is instead of me traveling all over the country, it's very similar to Sam. This is so arrogant. The
2: he was sold out in eight days.
3: This this is so fucking arrogant to say this, (laughs) to compare myself to Sammy Hagar, but it's my little version of Sammy's birthday bash.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh
3: huh. That's that was the model that this became. Sure. And so we have people from all over the country, and you know, I'm I'm a much like us all. We're proud Manassas flag wearers, right? Right. We wave that fucking flag, right? So I bring these people in. They buy hotel rooms, and they eat at the restaurants, and they go over and they spend the entire weekend seeing our town, right? Sure. And I'm talking I, literally. I said I, I probably have 15 people from Canada coming this year. I think I have six people from Mexico. I'd be all over the country come and. And they come here and all of them came last year during COVID and every one of them I, not, I don't speak to every one of them but almost every one of them said please do it here again. Sure. So that's the impact of how cool the Salisbury Center is and so so it's a very special event to bring all those people here to Manassas and Adam and the Middle Hawks I mentioned but the important thing you guys brought up is uh, it's the debut R.I.P. that longest fucking time ago go in the town called <laughs> That's them? <laughs> With Jack Black? Oh, the Jack black- yeah, yeah. The- oh that's yeah. it, that's it, <laughs> yeah. that's it, yeah. Watch, he knew. watch Jack. His name was Young JP and he refused to step in line. A vision, he did see it, fucking rocking all the time. He wrote a tasty jam and all the planets did a lot of- yeah. Yeah. I mean, to get Jack Black's endorsement. <laughs> And that guy's going to be here. It's going to be great. Excellent. But uh, we have the debut performance of my son, Gavin. Evick. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, we were talking about that, and, and uh, you know, I brought up the story. So, you know, Jeff and I were at M3 two so springs like look ago, look. and, uh, you know, we saw these kids a couple rows in front of us, and we were just impressed. You know, it's like, oh, great. Here we are, 50-something-year-olds. We're watching these bands that we grew up listening to, watching I'm gonna live. make live.
1: I'm going to make it a little more personal so kevin and i are there and it, w- this is also coming out of COVID. nobody is yeah, right. showing up to m3 it right. was it was pretty empty and it was it was kind of like i feel like then it's like the re-emergence of live music again it sure, was like sure. it was great it was fun and there we saw this kid and these kids down from us and there was you know uh, some lighter brown hair straight-haired kid with a kid that had black hair you know full thick black hair like yeah. and they're having like the damn time of their lives they are like partying upon partying and i just looked down at kevin i was like kevin that was us. I'm not going to say it. Like blah blah blah. Years ago, a long yeah, yeah. time yeah. ago. And then right. And then like that kind of became it. We became nostalgic. That's like, right. Like that's watching right. this these kids like roll, like having like the time of their
0: lives. And yeah. They knew all the lyrics. You know, every it's word. Like, it, yeah. It was, uh-huh. it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And then a week later, we're at another venue where Faster Pussycat's playing. Right. And we realize that's your son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't know? No. no, I had no idea. And I'm right. like, Kevin,
1: yeah. we saw you you were there too. In fact, I think I was talking, I was like, those are the kids that were at the M three show. Right. And then you were like, why are you pointing at my son, Gavin?
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, interestingly enough about Gavin is, um, I did everything I could to not lead him on this path. Really? I mean, it was, I know the heartaches, you know what I mean? I know, I know the struggle and I did everything I could to not lead him on the path. And, uh, but he means it. Yeah. He's not faking it. And I didn't introduce him to any of the music when he came to me about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. He would come out on tour with us and everyone has always been really nice to him. I always remember uh, when rat would open up for us, I would put him on my shoulders and stand on the side of the stage. Uh-huh. And Stephen Piercy would come up and give him a fist pump. <laughs> and uh, the guys in Leonard Skinnerd were always just so kind to him. So he was introduced to this world. Uh-huh. And, Somewhere along the line, he got bit by the bug, and he talk, started talking to me about music. And I said, I don't want to – I'm not going to tell you anything. You go find it for yourself. Yeah. And then he'd come to me. Do you like this band, Tough? I said, doesn't matter if I like it. Do you yeah. like them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Do you like Roxy Blue? Right. He went that wow. – he, he dove down. He found <laughs> yeah, every bit of yeah. it. You know what yeah. I mean? And, uh, and he likes what he likes. And he came to me, and he said, I want to create '80s sounding music for my generation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys have listened to or heard the singer. I have, yes. And you know, me and him had several talks, and I'm grateful because uh, he took he took uh, I, I hooked him up with six months worth of lessons with Tony Harnell.
1: Oh, there we go. Like Kevin's got some homage there,
3: right? Yeah. So he studied with Tony for six months. Robert Mason, who's the current singer of Warrant, uh, has has spent an enormous amount of time with him, and Tom Kiefer has spent an enormous amount of uh-huh. time working with him and talking to him, and Brett, but Brett often more talks about the business music, uh-huh. not his voice. Brett's more going to tell you how to make a million dollars, not how to sing good. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> you know, uh-huh. that's a wide range of styles too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, that gives
2: him uh, an opportunity to develop his voice the way that he wants it and not just
3: following well, he, he his instructor. Well, wants, he wants to do like Tom Kiefer. He wants that voice. Wow. But that's hard. Yeah. Very hard. It's hard. Yeah. But, but Tom has spent hours with him, right. telling him what not to do. And so I, once he decided to take this path, I'm grateful I was able to provide him with an education that nobody else has. Yeah. I'm very... All of my work paid off for him. Very much, it's very much a Star Wars thing. You guys know I'm a Star Wars fan, right? yeah. I have succumbed to the fact that I'm Anakin. (laughs) (laughs) I am not the chosen one. I was here to create the chosen one. But I'm grateful. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And uh, and he means it. Uh He means it. And in that first song, we had a lot of conversations with several people about all these bands. Even as far back as Buck Cherry, because the... 80s metal scene was dead when Buck Sherry came yeah, out. yeah. But there's always a hint of a band that comes out. Sure. That, all oh, this might be take us back. Right. But you know what none of them do? What was, re- what was the 80s really about? Every Rose. Heaven. Mm-hmm. Don't close your eyes. What were the hits that really, mm-hmm. home sweet home. Mm-hmm. The power ballad. None of these bands ever come on with a power ballad. Right. So I said, Gavin, let's just, let's let's try this mm-hmm. start with the fucking power ballad. Mm-hmm. it's timeless mm-hmm. you know and we did and the reception to the song was pretty amazing yeah you know mm-hmm. uh and and let's just hope let's just hope mm-hmm. my problem with gavin is that he doesn't want to do social media
0: oh huh and
3: really? you have to yeah you have to
0: yeah. well it seemed you know obviously that's the big thing that's changed right i mean right it used to be if you were a musician you wanted to try and get a record deal because you had the money the marketing everything behind you right now you know studios can be put into your house you can make it sound just as nice as some of the the finest studios Uh, you know to
3: to to your to your comment uh you know me and brett have made four solo records in the last 20 years all four of them have been in the billboard top 20 one of them made it all the way up to uh, i think uh number seven on the on billboard not hard rock and uh, Every single one of those records were made in my laptop. We've never been into a studio. Wow. We've done, I've I, I mixed them all in my house wow. or his bus. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and my, you know, my background after school was on the, it's funny being in front of the camera now. I was always the guy in the booth behind the board and and doing that type of production work. And so um, that's changed. Oh, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, the big thing is, you know, the social media component, like you said, you can market yourself and you yeah. can hit so many more people than you used to. So you know that that is certainly something that
3: yeah, I can't get him interested. Huh. He he did TikTok for a while. He has like two hundred thousand followers on TikTok, but then he realized that he was spending more time trying to be funny, and that's not what he wants to be. Sure, you know, so that might be the snag we hit with him is that he doesn't want to do what's required of him today much like in the 80s we all had to put the makeup on right 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 whether we wanted to or not right. no not one of us ever really wanted to put that eyeliner on <laughs> <Jeff> <laughs> I,
1: I i didn't mind it so much but but, <laughs> but you know what i'm saying I right do, absolutely that, no
3: there is no way on theater of pain vince neal wanted right. to put them fucking the pink pink panties on yeah i know he didn't i've talked to him right, about it sure you know what i'm saying right right but you do what you have to do absolutely and social media is the equivalent of that eyeliner right now right and and gavin he doesn't want to do it. He he thinks he's sticking to his guns and going to let the music shine. And uh, let's see. Yeah. But he yeah. means it. He means it.
2: Pete, look at that banner that we did of pictures of Jeff from back then.
3: Are that all those Jeff?
2: Like, a lot of them are Jeff. It's It's us. Like from back in the day all the way till now.
3: Yeah, I can't see much of that very well. I see Jeff's eyes in a bunch of them. Yeah, eyeliner. Yeah, yeah. The eyeliner. Yeah.
2: It's the eyeliner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you tell me Jeff didn't enjoy putting makeup on. <laughs> well,
3: like a I, mean, I mean, for the most part, and I understood it back then, and you do it because it, it's what's part of the pop culture, right? Right. But at it, it, the heart of all of us, I don't think any of us wanted to walk up from our basement bathroom and our dad see us with that eyeliner, but we did. <laughs> you, you, you know right. what I mean? I remember the first time I did a photo shoot in spandex pants and even much like the guys in Pantera, I've never been super skinny. Uh, So the spandex pants, my legs are, my belly's fat as fuck, but my legs are full muscle and always have been. And even at 18, the spandex just didn't look right on me. Right. Right. You know? And I remember my dad, going, my dad, who was as supportive as could be about all of this, my dad was like, son, you just don't look right in those (laughs) things. (laughs) you know i i I remember and i still see the picture to this day i I, picture of me in this fan expanse and i understood i look more like a wrestler yeah yeah. you know much like the pantera guys they same thing my build is just not that yeah and uh but yeah yeah so so gavin the song's great i believe the song's great yeah and it's from his heart and um he just Let's just hope he finds an audience.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I'm right. I heard the song. I love the song. And, you know, I think we're three fathers sitting here. So yeah. you have the proud papa perspective also. I mean, that's got to feel great.
3: Yeah. yeah. No, feel, the best reward was his youngest brother. Because mm-hmm. his his brother is so unconcerned. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give him one shit about me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give him one shit about Gavin. He doesn't give him one shit about rock and roll. Mm-hmm. He's a wrestler and he's into hip modern stuff. And he, does, he just, he just, care and when the song came out he called me and he goes i can't believe it yeah. i said what do you mean he goes well it's like real yeah. i said what's real it's like a real song yeah. see yeah it's a real song what about it well i mean it it doesn't seem right it's it's and all of a sudden his brother went from not giving a shit to being his biggest fan yeah, yeah. and i thought that was pretty powerful sure you know yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting you know we all went through it you know yeah.
2: Wish we got something for you,
0: playing. Pete. You know, I gotta
3: oh, wish I is started. this it? Oh, this might be the interview. Being interviewed. For-
2: We're going to play Gavin's song for you.
3: You're going to play it?
2: Yeah, Scott was trying to find it. He thought that's what it was. <clears throat> oh. But it was actually an interview, unless this <laughs> is it.
3: Is that the video? There it is. Yeah, yeah there you go.
2: I feel like that's a cross between like, warrant and trickster.
3: So I got to tell you, I love it. I got to tell you, uh, and by the way, am I talking too fucking much? No way, not at all. No. All right. Uh, when we first started working in the studio, he is such a warrant a warrant fan mm-hmm. that that was what was important to him. He wanted that to sound like warrant and firehouse. Mm-hmm. He he wanted to he wanted to have poison, warrant, firehouse, and skid row elements in that song. And obviously, and obviously, but if you don't know, I mean, if, if you know me and follow my career, it's me playing guitar.
2: Yeah, but I can so, tell the riffs in the background.
3: <laughs> but um, but the kid playing guitar is his guitar player in the video. But interestingly enough, the bass player is the bass player in Adam and the Metal Hawks. Oh, okay. Who and the yeah, drum yeah. Dr- drummer used to be in Adam and the Metal Hawks. Gotcha. So that's kind of the correlation between yeah. what's happening here. Sure. At the show or whatever. Yeah. I appreciate you playing that, buddy. And Scotty, I got to tell you, man. I, it's funny man I'm a 50 year old man and I get I, I have this jaded anger like I don't like young dudes getting in my shit but, it, <laughs> but every time i work with you you're a fucking pro buddy oh, i appreciate it we like, all do here like i wish i could take you out with us oh i appreciate it you know <laughs> yeah yeah you're you now you're if you sign me i'll leave him you, <laughs> you <know? laughs> like like oh. li- like literally you're world class oh, wow. everything you're doing here buddy i love it thank you i, love it. I can't wait for your show This is gonna be awesome yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of witnesses you have to take me, to me on that? the road to tell him what to do too though <laughs> <laughs> Go on I'm
0: sorry yeah so uh so Gavin's gonna perform this song yeah for he's you gonna guys do that night. he's
3: gonna do five songs Excellent. four four covers in that song right. and uh <laughs> I don't mean to spill it but he's opening with Shout at the devil uh-huh. and then he's doing um for whom the bell tolls uh-huh. nice cat dragged in youth gone wild and his song fantastic so I mean he's, yeah. carrying, the he's yeah. carrying the torch he's carrying the torch right? that's awesome and yeah. he means and come on feel the noise. Okay, which pisses me off (laughs) because again, you know, I studied for nine months on Broadway to learn to sing with this guy Tony uh, uh, Don uh, Don Lawrence, who taught Tony Harnell and taught Bon Jovi and Dee Snider. He he was the ultimate vocal coach. When I used to take vocal lessons on Broadway, I took lessons in between uh, Christina Aguilera and Ali Sheedy. (laughs) So this guy taught the fucking pros. Yeah. And I can't sing. Come on, feel the fucking. House. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. I'm right. Not
2: many people can. Right. You know,
3: I do Metal Health, and that's my fucking pride is my proudest moment. Right. Because De was a great voice to sure. me. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's my proudest moment is is doing Metal Health. And I don't know if you see on the internet, there's a video of Gavin uh, getting up with me last summer at a club in Colonial Beach and singing Metal Health. Okay. And he nails it. Uh-huh. He nails it. And then, and he knows. And so it's. Him doing come up with new noise is a fuck you to me, because <laughs> he knows I can't do it. And you know how it goes, uh, as far as tuning. Yeah. He, his whole band is in 440. Yeah. So he's singing "Shout It's Devil" yes. an entire step up yes. from the recording, and he's singing Jeez. all these songs. And uh, you know. I do know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So good for him, man. And 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 yeah. you know, it, I, I. Are you gonna be here? Or are you gonna? Oh, I'm going to be here. Are you absolutely. Are you gonna be? Oh yeah, here? absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, you not missing. You know, yep. I think we'll all. For Manassas, we'll be proud, of course. Right? Maybe we get them to do an
2: interview show for the guys, Adam and those guys. That day,
3: they'll do it because they're coming in the night before. Yeah, because yeah. we're doing an acoustic set at Heritage. Yeah. So if you want to have them in, oh, yeah. they'll do anything. That, like, that. They, yeah. and they're great. That would be great. Yeah, love to yeah. sit down
1: and talk with those guys.
3: Yeah, yeah. That guy has a and lot Gavin. of stories to tell. And Gavin. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody should come here. Yep. In fact, when I get off the phone, you can't imagine the people I'm about to call to tell them how. <laughs> I mean, this is great, Jeff. Yeah. It's Appreciate fucking great.
2: It. We're trying to think of everything here. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, this is great, old town Manassas from the way it was back in the day. It's different. It's different, and and growing and getting better. And yeah, a fantastic you know. candle shop down there. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's
2: right. strange, right? right? Candles, right? right.
3: <laughs> and and coming, coming. I just finished my second book, and it'll be out in a couple months. And uh, I'm prematurely saying this. But uh, I'm about to release my own brand of liquor made with the guys over at Ko. Yes. I
1: thought I saw a little bit about. Those that. guys are good. Yeah, Ko's yeah. good. I thought I saw. Yeah. a little. Yeah, I
3: figure if Gene Simmons and Dee Snyder, who have never drank in their life, are selling alcohol, sure, then I carry that torch. Out, so all I do is drink. Yeah. That, uh, why shouldn't I?
2: Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Cool. You can be truthful about how good it is because you t- you're sampling it.
3: Oh yeah, and it's from Manassas. Everything I do from my point on. You know, I have a new song that's not come out yet. Can I tell you about this? Of course. I have a new song, and the lyric, the opening lyric is, I grew up in one of those towns that Mellencamp sings about. Uh-huh. I hated it then. Oh, wait, wait, I screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> I I grew up in one of those towns that Mellencamp sings about. I love it now, but spent a lot of time just trying to get out. Uh-huh. And the whole point is looking back and realizing how much I love Manassas. Yeah, yeah. That's what the whole song's about, yeah. right? Yeah. and uh, And – after seeing the fucking world, and, and I mean it, after seeing the world, again, I played in Saddam Hussein's palace. Man. Sure. I'm not Brett. I'm just hired a guitar player, but I was there. Right. I've done all, I played in the fucking Playboy Mansion. Right. And we have something special here. Sure. Sure. We do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I see, I play all these towns. I've been all over 20 years. I've been doing this. And, and the more I leave, the more I want to come home. Mm-hmm. I always talk about when I first joined Brett's band, getting on that airplane was the greatest thing in the world yeah. I'm getting the fuck out of here yeah, yeah. but now getting on the airplane to come home is the greatest thing in the world yeah. And we're all grown up We're all still friends Jeff Yeah, Jeff you were the first singer In my fucking band Yeah Many, right? many years ago <laughs> How many years Are you going to say it Or are you one of those guys Hiding your age <laughs> No it's
1: 32 years ago
2: 32, 34 years, years ago, ago. Yeah. Jeff
3: how long ago Did we play in the fucking talent show I
1: know it would have been Well I guess about a little bit same. beyond that I was going to say 34, 35 then.
3: 34 years ago yeah. We've known each other For fucking yeah. ever right Right And here we are Still friends And still yeah. stuff to talk about That doesn't happen a lot Right Right. We have something we have something special absolutely. whether it's binky is, is he alive today did he live? <laughs> yeah. yeah you know or or, 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 or or Tom Bolton or any of those guys Ray Madonna
1: Absolutely. I yeah. mean we have Talked a community of people
3: day. that we're all still friends. Mm-hmm. It's special what mm-hmm. we have, I think. Mm-hmm. I think
1: it is yeah absolutely and it's easy. The music bonded us right yeah I mean, it's it, all because of the music right. every bit of it right
3: every bit of it yeah
1: yeah. yeah. So how are we looking for time? Am I allowed to ask? Yeah, we're at one twenty. Okay, so all right, so we have a little bit more time. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question. It's a little bit personal, like okay. for me, because yeah, like, yeah. you're bringing up stuff that you were talking about. Because yeah. I know, I know you originally as, right. as a guitarist, as an instrumentalist. Yes. But you were bringing up your vocal lessons, your vocal progression. So as you were like bringing up all of that, like tell me a little bit about that because I am personally curious, like how why
3: I became a singer. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's so interesting yeah. that you say that because. There's a whole generation of people that know me as a guitar player. Yeah. And then there's a whole generation of people that know me as a singer. Mm-hmm. And then, not generation, but a whole different timelines. Mm-hmm. There's the there's the guitar player, Pete, and then there was the singer, Pete. And then when I went to join Brett's band, I was the guitar player again. Mm-hmm. And all those guys went back and discovered that, oh, I'm also a singer. Right. So there's four different boxes. The truth of the matter is uh, in 1998... I was signed to Soul 3 Records with my band, Some Odd Reason, mm-hmm. a singer named Ryan Ginhart. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went on tour, and we did, played with Fuel. We played with Cougar Dolls. And we had two singles. We had a song called Spin, and we had a song called All I Ever Nothing, or All All or Nothing. And um, it was produced by a guy named Richard Goddard. And Richard uh, is the guy that, if you do your research, he wrote the song, My Boyfriend's Back, and You're Me In Trouble. Oh, yep. He wrote the song, I Want Candy. Uh-huh. And he was founder of Sire Records and produced Blondie and the Go-Go's. Uh-huh. And the reason I met him is there was a female fronted rock band in the area called Scrub. And they were signed and he was producing them because he was basically a female. All his track record was female artists. Sure. Uh, and they were there was a band called Scrub from the area with a female artist named Petra Brown. And Petra was the singer of this band and they would do their demos at my studio, Clear Sound. Uh-huh. She was great, too. She was great. Oh, yeah. She's Fantastic. incredible. Uh, they lost their guitar player, but because I was their producer for their demos, mm-hmm. I went to New York with them to record guitars. Uh, <laughs> I hate that guy, by the way. I, that, I, that, oh, there I, we go. Uh, no, I, this is uh, the P we're looking for. <laughs> I, I fucking hate that guy. Uh, me, let me sidetrack. Uh, if you remember about 10 years ago, me and Brett recorded a song and Miley Cyrus sang on it. Uh-huh. A song called yeah. Nothing to Lose. Yes. Uh, the week that that came out, it was the number one song to add it to radio. It beat Bon Jovi and Nickelback. And at that moment, it was the most amazing fucking moment of my life. Now, two weeks later, Brett had his brain hemorrhage mm. and everything fell apart. Mm-hmm. But, That's a yeah, yeah. that <laughs> right.
1: That's like a Rock of Love Oh, with you and Chuck and Rock of Love. We don't so want you to bring it up that name. <laughs> <want> right. <laughs> and then that role, you had that role in
3: on that show yeah, yeah, too. So yeah. That was our thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so, uh, what, is, what was your fucking question?
1: It was about you, your vocalist. Like <laughs> how you like oh, you oh, kind yeah. of becoming a vocalist.
3: <laughs> so uh, so we were out touring with some reason. We made that record, Richard Goddard. And um, the singer, Ryan, decided he didn't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then I replaced Ryan with Bart Harris. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and we, I mean, who can sing like Bart?
2: Right. It's incredible. Right. Great singer, for sure.
3: I went to see him the other night. And I was reminded Mm -hmm. how incredible he is. Sure, Uh, The record label did not like our new direction. It wasn't, they didn't like Bart. But Bart, we became a heavier band. We were a pop band. Gotcha. We were like Matchbox 20. Gotcha. And when we got Bart, we became a heavier band. Mm -hmm. And I lost the support of the record label. Mm. And then I had a meeting with my lawyer and Richard Goddard. And they said... No second record unless you sing. I said, what the fuck do you, what the fuck do you mean? Like, because I can't sing. I, I can't sing. And they said, neither can Kurt Cobain. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Neither can Kurt Cobain, yeah. but he wrote those songs. So the passion yeah. came through. Sure. And so they paid for me to go to Broadway for nine months and learn to sing Excellent. with this guy. Wow. Right? But it was the most heartbreaking time of my life because I had to break that band up. Yeah, Bart was my fucking brother. Yeah. There was no, hey, I hate you, get out of my band. It sure. was just, I have to do this now.
2: Right. Well, you introduced me to Bart. So yeah, Bart was my second band. Yeah, right. And you made the introduction for that. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. But it was heartbreaking. Right. Because I because I was Bart's biggest fan. I wanted, I, th- I wanted course. that band. Of course. But I was my first kid, I think had already been born. And again, I didn't know anything to do. And I was sucked in by the fact that I was, I had, you know, my lawyer at the time was a guy named Ron Beanstock, who was the Google Dolls lawyer, Billy Joel's lawyer. And I was enamored by anything they said I did. Right. Y- y- you know, you know what I mean? Right. And so I took the vocal lessons and I started singing uh, and I, and I just did it, and I became the singer. I'll never be the greatest singer in the world, but neither is Johnny Resnick. Right. You know, neither is Vince Neal. Right. Uh, and then I got the gig with Brett, and then all of a sudden I was a guitar player again. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. it, go, it goes back and forth. But at the end of the day, I'm a songwriter. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm half – maybe three quarters the guitar player was in high school. Huh? Because once you become a singer and a songwriter, <laughs> you stop worrying about being like Yngwie Malmsteen. That's yes. not the focus anymore. Right. Sometimes I go back and see things I used to do or listen to tapes I did in high school. and I'm like, I don't even know how to fucking do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's interesting. So that's, that's the story of me being the singer and the guitar player. Excellent. Yeah. Appreciate it. I think Thank that's you. the question you asked. Uh,
1: was it? Yeah. And I was curious. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I got another one, too. Come on. Because I'm thinking of, like, <laughs> recent stuff with you because yeah. I've watched you over the years. You know, I appreciate see, I mean? so, Yeah. So, and then, uh, voice of Summer. Because you talked about a lot of other artists and experiences. We've talked for a long time about some other things that are out there that you've done. But that's obviously, to me, near and dear to you. And Boys you, of no, Summer. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, you want to talk about that a little bit? Just the, how you connected with that song? and
3: uh, You know what's interesting? Um, it's hard to explain. Uh I've tried to, Uh and it's funny you say that because I've gone back and read my Facebook posts Uh and I go, that wasn't what I was trying to say at all. Uh I've never been able to explain what that song makes me feel like, Uh but do you agree it's a great song?
1: I think there's tons of songs that I do agree. First of all, that that's a great song, but there's, I feel like I can pull that out too. Like songs that you connect to for unexplained reasons, but then resonate forever.
3: Right. So maybe not you guys, but. We were we didn't live in a beach town, but we were so close to Ocean City, right? Uh-huh. So how many times – did you guys ever go to Ocean City not in the season? Yes. Did you ever go up there? Yes. And that feeling yes. – the roads were empty. It, the, oh, yeah. the lyrics to that song play out in my memories because I lived them myself. Sure. And I loved it because my family lives in the Rehoboth Beach, Delaware area. And so I would go up there and – there was just this the video to Boys of Summer struck me emotionally. I can't explain it, but the pictures and, and the imagery reminded me of what Ocean City, Maryland was like to me okay. as a child. Mm-hmm. And as I get older and older, the song just means more and more to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a special song. And uh so I, I you know, I decided to re record it. Um which is stupid because why would a mediocre singer record a song from one of the greatest fucking singers of all fucking time? I don't know. <laughs> But uh, I never finished my John Shank story, by the way. I didn't tell you why he's a fucking <laughs> cocksucker. <laughs> Was that that comment then shifted you back to him? Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. of being a great singer. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So so that's what Boys of Summer meant yeah. to me. It just reminds me of my childhood. Yeah, yeah. And I used to go up and down the boardwalk to Ocean City mm-hmm. in the wintertime. And, it, and that, I love it. And uh, so can I finish about John Shanks? Please. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll, so
1: I, That was going to be my next question since like it was put that way. <laughs> so if you guys don't, it, it,
3: he got mad that me and Brett went and basically grabbed Miley and said, Hey, quit making your record. Come make our record. And she came like he got mad at that. So a couple of years later, Van Halen's doing a different truth record. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you have ever followed this, but for a while I was, uh, I was one of the main guys that was tuning vocals on records. Uh-huh. I have a Platinum Award awarded to me for um, the Sound of Madness from, um, uh, why can't I can't remember their name? They're great. What is the name of that band? You know the record, the Sound of Madness? I don't. You do. I do. They're one of the greatest bands of.
1: Scott, come on. You got all that magic back there. Oh, uh, It's embarrassing. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, we're calling you out.
3: It's the same band that redid the Skinner song was one of their first big hits. Shine Down, Shine Down, yeah, 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 yeah. Like where was I on that? Yeah. 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 So uh-huh, I yeah. I tuned their vocals on their live Shine Down record. Oh. And I was awarded a platinum record for tuning that. Now on the record, I did not know that. On the record, I'm just labeled as Pro Tools engineer uh-huh. because back in the day you didn't admit that vocals were being. And that guy's an incredible singer. <laughs> sure. But he was sick uh-huh. when they did that record. And so I, I got the opportunity to tune that. And then there's a band called Paramore.
1: Uh huh. Oh, of course. No, and yeah.
3: I have a gold record for tuning the vocals on that record. Really? Huh. And so I was becoming this guy tuning the vocals. Huh. Now, as the future happens, the software got better and anyone can do it now. So. Huh. So my expertise was not important. Uh-huh. <laughs> when you
0: mentioned uh, Pantera and Spandex that brought yeah, yeah, up a, yeah, yeah. a story I wanted to to go back to. So, <laughs> yeah. so my son, we talked a little bit about him earlier in the show. He, uh, for a while, he was interning with the Washington Capitals, and he was doing this gig. It was in the summer. It was out at the Bowie Bay Sox Stadium, and I guess they had bands that were playing before the game. So he texts me. He's like, he's like, do you know who Terry Glaze is? I'm like, yeah, I know who he is. And he's like, well, who is he? I'm like, well, he used to be the lead singer in this band called Lord Tracy. And I said <laughs> – You go deep, <laughs> I said uh, – uh-huh. he's like, oh. He's like – and I said, but he was the original singer in Pantera. Right. And uh, so I get this long message back. He's like, the guy could not believe, I guess, Terry's band was performing at this baseball game. And uh, he couldn't believe that somebody actually knew him from his time (laughs) in Lord Tracy. And I said, said, yeah. I said he was the original guy. And Jake's like, I'm going to have to look this up now because, you know, he was a really nice guy and this and that. And I said, yeah, that was a long time ago. And, you know, Pantera was just starting out. And and they completely changed their look, their direction, everything. So, uh, you know, and I guess, you know, now they're kind of back in the news with uh, the tribute tour that's going on I would
2: and with what Pete said about Phil
0: well, that's why I was opening up that door if he wants to yeah wants no. to take a little heat off for the Bon Jovi stuff
3: <laughs> I'm slowly becoming uh me and uh Stevie Rochelle the guy that runs Metal Sludge we were joking about this the other day I'm slowly becoming Kevin DeBro, <laughs> the guy that just Let it, lets it fly yeah, let's uh, let's, yeah, and I don't mean to be that because for the most part I love everybody. Yeah, there's a handful, <clears throat> and the truth of matters is I don't know Phil. Mm. I never met Phil, mm. but I knew Vinny, mm-hmm. and I kn- I didn't just meet Vinny. I knew Vinny. Mm. Vinny would stand. Vinny, if Brett played in Vegas or Texas, Vinny came. Mm. No hand, no question about it. And he would stand in my guitar world. I I I must have 35 pictures of my phone. He stand in my guitar world, and every time I went to tune my guitar, he'd be standing there. with Mm. And we would drink, mm-hmm. and we would talk, and we'd hang out. Not just me, everybody, mm-hmm. but we were friends. Mm-hmm. So Vinny, Vinny I never met Dime. Mm. I never, I never got to meet Dime, but uh, but Dime is the only guy other than Edward Van Halen that ever made me go. I don't know how to play the guitar. Mm. This is something brand new. Mm-hmm. You, you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Even yeah. I love Steve Vai. Steve Vai is my favorite living guitar player now. Mm-hmm. I've always had this love-hate, like not love-hate, but I I, I, I carry the Van Halen flag till the end. Yeah, but secretly, I might love Vai just as much, right. but I never say it. Right. But now that Edward passed, I can finally say <laughs> Steve's my favorite living, living guitar yeah, player. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but I always knew what he was doing. Right. There was nothing that ever made me go, I have no idea how to do that. Dime did that dime i went i don't know how to play the guitar because i can't make the sound so uh so i loved those two mm-hmm. in fact my first year in brett's band 100 true story uh we played the all rosa one year to the day that dime got shot in that venue mm. so one year mm. to that day i stood in the very spot he got shot mm. and played our gig wow and there was still blood on the carpet and wow. stuff like that right wow. i don't know why those guys didn't re- yeah. that was really weird yeah. but um but uh, just from the, from my from what someone told me, you know, if you tell me that Salisbury's a dick, then you're my buddy, and yeah. Jeff must be a dick <laughs> you, you, right. you know, yeah. and so with the things that Vinnie told me, yeah, I made an opinion. Uh. Was I right? I've never met him. He right. may be the nicest guy in the world. I don't see that right. I've never seen one shred of evidence that made me say. Well, maybe he's not that guy because it looks like he is. Right. So, I really spoke out of turn, and those Pantera fans got mad. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, that's an understatement. <laughs> but, and, 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 but you know what? Then it goes back to the Kiss press. All press is good press because there's ten thousand Pantera fans that didn't know who I fucking was till last week, and now every now single do. and now every <laughs> single one of them knows who I am. You, you know what I mean? But but um,
1: Kevin is a rabid. Pan.
3: How can you not be? uh Yes. Are you you a Phil fan? As a person?
0: I don't know him as a person. Right. But you've seen videos. Oh, I mean, I've seen interviews. interviews. I've seen, you know, behind the music stuff that, you know, what seemingly broke that band apart. And it sounds like that was him. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, but, you know, as a singer, as a vocalist in that group, I loved him. Yeah.
3: No, in the band, it's perfect. Who else can be that? Right. They are who they are because just like Van Halen, Hagar Van Halen, but any band, the package is the package. Right. And he, he was the right guy to make those songs. But as a human being, I'm not sure that I like him. Yeah. Yeah. But fuck, who do I care? He's a gazillionaire and I'm renting an apartment in Manassas. So fuck me. Right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's, it's, you know, I, I, I spoke out of turn with that. I, I wasn't, I don't know him. I just spoke out of my experience. And I was doing a guy's podcast that I'd done before that I didn't think. Um, I don't know that I would have said that if it was an interview with Rolling Stone.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an opinion, right? Yeah. An yeah. Opinion and is I don't opinion. hold
3: back. I didn't retract. You saw that. I'm sure. never going to retract. Mm-hmm. I, I admit that maybe it was unprofessional for me to say that, but I'm not, I'm not going to retract. Everything I know is that I probably don't. But he made some of the most impactful and important music of a generation, yeah. and I will never yeah. deny that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Where can we, where can we find you guys on social media and all?
2: Wildstyle Radio.
1: Wildstyle Radio.
2: I am Style Pete Radio. Evick.
1: Go ahead.
3: Yeah, just look Pete Evick up. I, I don't know any of my handles or anything like that. That's new. <laughs> that's new technology. Just type my name and Instagram on something.
2: Get <laughs> a Wildstyle Radio, and you'll be able to see. These guys stand up and shout the rock show with Kevin. Oh, and that's Jeff. what this
3: is! Yeah, it's this is what this is.
0: It <laughs> is yeah.
1: the the movie stand up and shout.
3: You know the that movie. movie's my life, right? Yeah, right. It's, right. It, it's the story of my life because yeah. you guys remember I did Poison songs in uh, high school of talent course, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and I had some opportunities in the past to join other bands that were I could have moved my career forward, but I never did because I'm sticking to my guns. I'm in Brett's fan, not because it was an opportunity, it's because of my love for Poison. I,
1: I, you know, I love you way better than Mark Wahlberg. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah. Said. You know, yeah. Like, you know.
3: But that movie is, I, I could have written that movie. Yeah. You yeah. know,
1: uh-huh. it's yeah. interesting.
0: Well, thanks for coming out today and we're looking forward to the show on the on the
3: 14th yeah let's make it a party man and
1: and a, a possible follow-up to this show on the 14th is what i'm hearing too right i think you're buying some more microphones right <laughs> Like we're gonna have like a crew in here it sounds like it's gonna be a, a wide conversation possibly that day oh yeah
3: all Absolutely. right so is this the debut of this this is it the is. debut oh brother what a fucking honor and,
1: and i lost my virginity because <laughs> what a
3: fucking honor <laughs> i've never done this before Manassas forever, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Scotty's raising his fucking hand like he's from Manassas. (laughs) (laughs) That Loudoun County motherfucker over there.
0: (laughs) No, that
2: was a wind up sign. (laughs) All
0: right. Thank you. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show.